0: So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super holiday fantastic. How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> Man, I am doing great. Doing real good.
0: We, you uh, know, this will be our final good. program of the year 2017. So That's right.
1: That's right. It's been a good year for us. Uh, we have covered a lot of ground. I think you had the number uh, of how many episodes we've done or
0: something close. Uh, well, this will this will make 134 shows for 2017. And you know, we're wow. yeah. we're just about 3 away from our 700th show. So that'll be coming up in very early 2018, folks. So if you're <laughs> You know, you know, we how we avoided the pod fade phenomenon, Phil. We uh, we
1: just hit the accelerator. Is what we did, right? That's
0: right. We said, well, instead of doing fewer shows, we'll do more. Then you can't. Fade. <laughs> That's right. <What? laughs> That's right. Yeah. If
1: we if we if we've started to fade, it'd be a long way down. I
0: guess you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'd have a lot of notches to hit on the on the on the way down. But we're not. We are not fading. We've been doing shows all year, and we even yep. we even took four shows. Just to recap the year, and here it is, the, the fourth of our four-part series on, ostensibly it's on all the shows we did, but really what we're doing is we're getting a good, an opportunity to kind of revisit the topics that we talked about right. and the things that have been of interest to us throughout the year, and I've talked about my favorite shows for the first half of the year and the second half of the year. Stephen, And you've talked about your favorite shows for the first half of the year, and now you get to wrap the whole thing up by talking about everything that's happened in the second half of 2017, so I'm going to... Give the talk, the what is it, the talk, speaking stick to you. Take it away. <laughs> that's right.
1: That and that's the kind of co-host you are, Phil. You just uh, yeah. allow me to wrap it up. I, I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> hey, you get um, the last word. Well, we'll see. I'll actually get the very last word. But you know, you, <laughs> that's true. That's true. This is as close okay. as I'm ever going to let you get to the last word. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start <laughs> with the second half of the year.
1: Uh, emergent Magic, Why Ideas Are Becoming More Valuable. That was a show we did on August the 9th. And, you know, it's it, it, we basically covered in, in that show why ideas are even more valuable now than, you know, 100 years ago, right? And here's the thing. Here's the funny thing about ideas. Normally, when you have more of something, it becomes less valuable, right? I mean, the laws of scarcity are such that, if we only had a uh, uh, a few pieces of gold in the world, let's say, then that gold would be inc- incredibly valuable uh, by comparison to, you know, if the world was, you know, covered in gold, right?
0: Exactly. The more you have of something, the less valuable it is. That's the way economics right. works. And there can't be anything more abundant than ideas. So how could they possibly be right. getting more value? But
1: we have, you know, I think that it, it's an e-bet to say that in a world filled with more people and, uh and, and more ways of publishing yourself, basically, you know, and with the internet, we have more ideas floating around, and yet ideas are more valuable today than they would be a hundred years ago. Because, and Matt Ridley has a funny, a funny way of putting this. He says that ideas have sex. Exactly. You know, right. and have little baby ideas, right? Because you got, you got, um, you got this idea over here in this field, and uh, and it, and by analogy, perhaps, or maybe it's it's close enough to. Uh, uh, to a, a, another field of of thought that you know what these two ideas get together and you have all of a sudden you have have this uh this new emergent idea that all of a sudden is a huge breakthrough that you wouldn't have had without both of those ideas uh you know getting together right so yeah it's uh, we live in a, a in a fantastic world because uh you know we can uh we can share our ideas with one another and then uh and new things happen and so that's that's the emergent uh, magic of ideas
0: that, we've you know, you know more we've, of it, we've, more we've of it, more my we've, we've turned the lights down low and put on soft music so the ideas can get busy basically that's <laughs> yeah that's right and that's, that's these what are we've not, done
1: yeah, these are not like pandas or something that you have to encourage. You know, they, it, these <laughs> the, I, I, ideas are more
0: like you know they, they get out. They don't um, care. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go at it. Right. And I would I would yeah. one thing I would add from that obscure uh, blog post from the speculist that you linked there for that particular story that the author whoever that guy was said is that uh, they're, they're the the other reason they're becoming more valuable is just because we live in a digital world and the distance the difference between an idea and a realized idea is much smaller it's like the amount of effort required to get from information to physical reality has never been has, that that gap has never been closer so that makes the ideas potentially more valuable too just because they're they're that much closer to being realized all of them that's right as, that's right isn't <laughs> yeah if
1: if you want to publish a book for example phil i mean when when would a better time in the history of the world to to get your ideas out in book form than today right that's right yeah
0: because um, you, you just anybody who wants to can do it
1: right you don't you don't have to be specially connected uh if you've got a if you got a good idea you uh, you know you put it together in book form and uh, put it out there in the world and there you go so that it is that that's that's neat that uh you know uh, again ideas get are getting more valuable as as we get more of them and which is kind of a remarkable thing okay, so the next show I wanted to mention was This is sort of something that I keep coming back to, Phil. It's uh, a special interest to me, and that is self-driving cars, a stranger future than you think. And uh, in in that episode, that was October the 11th. So uh, in that show, we talked a lot about, um, you know, what does it mean uh, to the world when cars can drive themselves? You know, I mean, um, and it turns out it's more than just, uh, you know, know, you know everything being exactly the same except that uh you know you can you can uh take your eyes off the road during your commute um right you know it, it may be that uh you don't need to own a car anymore right i mean if you're if you can call a car and it shows up and picks you up and takes you wherever you want to go then you know that's the ultimate uber situation right you don't even have to worry about you know the your driver being a jerk or something you you know it's just well, this, it's just a call this
0: was part of a four part series you did with or, excuse me, three-part series you did with Thomas Fry. And right. he, his ideas on what happens in the in the self-driving car world are just – he really takes it to the next level where where he talks about the fact he, – he, he foresees a future where nobody's going to own a car. Cars will only last for about a year. Um, he thinks there's going to be this huge real estate boom for repurposed parking lots because nobody will park because the cars are just going to be driving around all the time and wearing out once a year or so. He thinks that one in four jobs will disappear, that insurance companies will take a huge loss, and 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 that location will no longer matter. All these really, very, I mean, any one of those big, big, big changes from the world we live in now, and and he lays it all out as kind of a coherent scenario for the, for the world of the driverless car,
1: right, right, and and I, I would I would say that location matters less at that point. It doesn't it doesn't cease to matter at all. Yeah, I mean because I mean. Um, I don't care if the car drives me. I still don't want a four-hour commute, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, but uh, I, it it may be that uh, you know, uh, I, an hour-long commute is no longer that big of a deal, right? Um, and it, whereas fighting the morning traffic for an hour uh, every morning, and then and then the evening traffic again uh, for the same amount of time, that that'd be brutal, uh, you know. If uh, if if uh, you're sitting there just, you know, uh, relaxing. Uh, uh, you know, listening to some good music and uh, just uh, uh, unwinding from the day—that's not such a big deal anymore. So, uh, you know, so maybe your commutes—you uh, uh, you might have a longer commute, but not infinitely longer. You know, I think well, location the thing is that,
0: that commute uh, time becomes either productive or relaxing in a way that it can't right. be if you're driving, right? I mean, it, it becomes—it <laughs> becomes valuable time to you. In a way that it's really That's hard right. for it to be if you if you have to drive. So that makes a that makes a huge difference. But I would agree I, I with think, you that uh, still would, nobody wants to spend eight hours in the car every day getting to and front. I mean, there'd <laughs> yeah, be no would, point, right? <laughs> <and> right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's uh um uh, yeah
0: exactly. At that point, the car uh, is it, your office, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that you know it, you know in some ways the car would become kind of an office uh, at that point. I mean, even cars that you don't own. You know I think it'd be outfitted uh for to have a little uh desk space right uh so that you're 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 uh, working on your laptop on your way to work that kind of thing um and uh i I think we'll see a lot of that kind of uh, that kind of stuff so yeah that was a fascinating show and thomas any any show that we we have the uh privilege of doing with thomas fry is is worth listening to so check our archives for for him he's uh he's a lot of fun and an extremely smart guy.
0: Yeah, and you can look forward to hearing him more in 2018. Yeah. We'll definitely be having him back on quite a few times. We'll see. Maybe we maybe we'll line him up for our 700th show. I don't know. We haven't uh, we we haven't lined anybody up for that yet, but uh, that might be fun.
1: It would be. Well, another person we might think about lining up,
0: uh, PJ Manning. Um
1: She did a show with us on, on September the 26th, Phil. It was actually a three-part show. We, we get you know we did a whole week with her. Uh, where we talked about her uh new new novel identity, and you know she's just a lot of fun Phillip. we you know any chance we get whether it's you know after she's published a book or just to get her take on anything is uh as you know just just she's just fun and she's uh, a great to, guest to, and
0: and sometimes yeah. host of the show yeah sometimes and, uh, the, yeah occasional host so the offer is open to her anytime she wants to become a permanent host on the show. She's welcome. We, we would <laughs> we would become a three-person team anytime PJ's ready to uh, to become one of the musketeers here. We will pull the chair out for her anytime. That's uh, yep, absolutely. It's fun fun having her on. It was great talking with her about identity. It's the second book in her three-part series, or three, or trilogy. I guess is what you call that. Come to think of it, when it's when it's novels started with. <laughs> Uh, what was the first one called? It was uh, Revolution, then Identity. That's right. And the third one is called uh... – You would ask. I will that. add it to oh, the show notes. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's that I... in the show notes. It's in the show notes. <laughs> it's <laughs> on, the, on the tip of my tongue. And anyway, it's a, it's once once again a really cool thing, like with Revolution where you got the R in parentheses because it's Revolution and Evolution and Identity where you got ID in parens and then Entity. It's also a cool thing like that, too. I'll think of it in just a second. But anyway yeah. – uh, it's called the Phoenix Horizon series. Awesome series of books, full of action, full of intrigue, science fiction stuff. Really interesting ideas, a really interesting future that she's laying out for us. And I can't wait to read that third book.
1: Yeah, it's uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and uh, I mean, how would you classify this? Classify her writing, Phil. I mean, she's it's it's uh, it's these are thrillers. Obviously, but oh yeah, they, they're um, they're so much smarter than the, than the typical thriller I pick up. Um, you know, it's 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 good stuff. So yeah, I, I can't recommend these her uh, novels um, too highly. They're, they're they they
0: awesome. are t- they are techno thrillers. They're, they're I mean they're science yeah. fiction, but it's written as a as as uh, techno thrillers. And you're right, they're they're much brainier and and with a lot more I don't know kind of art credibility. Music plays a huge role in these books. She's, she she rattles off a lot of great stuff about music. There's, there's a lot of popular culture references in there, and there's a lot of literary references in there, too. But it's by no means ponderous or heavy reading. It's just page-turning, action-packed kind of stuff. And the third book, by the way, is Conscience. So con, science. With the
1: con in parentheses and science in the yeah
0: exactly yeah, i know i think plans. of it eventually so yeah phoenix, awesome. phoenix horizon series so we'll have her back on next year at least to talk about the third book but probably for lots of other things as well she's a she's a terrific person love you pj awesome.
1: <laughs> we do we do and uh happy new year's uh to you and your family if you have to be listening to this okay so um uh, uh, and uh the i guess we're wrapping it up phil seems like we've uh, gotten to the end of this quickly um the December eighth show. So this one just just happened. Just um, did this, yeah. Yeah. Realizing possibilities fast. And um, so, yeah. and in parentheses, you said specialization is for insects. Who are you quoting in that one, Phil? I, I forgot. You uh, that
0: is uh, Robert A. Heinlein. It's from the Notebooks of Lazarus Long. He he lays out a a, a great, wonderful list. It's included in the show notes if you follow the link. Uh, to uh To that show, but uh, it's just this fantastic list of everything a person a human being should be able to do, everything from planning an invasion to changing a diaper to cooking a tasty meal to it's just the the whole gamut of anything a person might ever possibly do. He lists this whole big long list, and then at the end he says specialization is for insects, so basically yeah uh, well so, we should, you know
1: we may find that specialization is for AI um. Mm. It, it, you know, it may be that um, when it comes to specialized things, AIs are going to be just so much better in the future than than we can than we can be. So we may we may go back to being uh, jacks of all trades, Phil, because that may be our strength. Is that we can move from thing to thing to thing, whereas AIs are stuck in certain niches, or you know, at least for at least uh, at the beginning of this, right? So
0: um, absolutely, be- and, and I think the other thing is. It, it, it's fine to specialize, but it, what you don't want to do is, is get in a rut. Don't, don't, don't ever think that any one thing is the only thing you can do. Right? That's the. I, I think I think that's the, that's the real problem with specialization. And this, in this show, we talked about this wonderful list of different things that this guy, what's his name, Max Deutsch, I think, um, set out to. Set out to accomplish, and they were just all over the map, right? The, the the different things he was trying to learn how to do: solving Rubik's cube, and um, doing pull-ups, and building a self-driving car. And I think that is it, it's it's important. I think that we have a a broad understanding of the things that are affecting us in this world, the things that are impacting our lives. So that's a, you know, taking on new skills like that is a is a, is a good way to do that. But you're right. I think in the long run the the ais will be so much better at at particular things than we'll ever get to be that we'll just have to let them kind of manage the whole being a specialist thing
1: yeah and we and, yeah. and we kind of uh, take uh uh a broader and more flexible uh uh you know uh, a set of tasks uh so that we we manage the ais within the spe- their specialties perhaps and uh so, yeah, you know, we we go we do things at a higher level, perhaps that may be. Yeah,
0: well, up to now, AIs have always been good at a thing, and yeah. when, when we talk about AGI, that that that's really sort of the idea is turning them into generalists, and we don't know if they'll ever really become that. I mean, if they become human level intelligence, then theoretically they will be be generalists. Right. But but for the foreseeable future, I think for the for the near term, anyway. AIs are going to be are going to be the specialists. So that's another reason. I think you're right that we need to have broad interests. That we need to, you know, see more of the world than the AIs do. So that, well, yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say we we want to be able to see more of the world than the eyes than the AIs do. So that we're we're not like following them down the rabbit hole of a particular rut. You know, the old uh, uh, the old nightmare scenario for the singularity is the AI that gets obsessed with making paperclips and that's all it wants to do and it turns the whole universe into paperclips. So how much sadder would it be if it was a human being, right, that got obsessed with paperclips? <laughs> yeah, <and that's, laughs> made an AI do us, I, right? Hey, that's what I do. I make paperclips, right? Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: so we want to, we want to, if nothing else, set a good example for the AIs and have a, have a, <laughs> have a broad view of human existence and all existence for that matter. That's right.
1: Well, there's a reason, Phil, that I chose this show to as my Final, you know, the final thing I'm just going to hit is that, you know, in a way, this sort of this this particular show points us to the how how perhaps we uh, we syst- do systematically New Year's res- New Year's resolutions, right? You mm, know, right. instead of just doing, you know, okay, my New Year's resolution is to lose weight right and and uh and then you know then you proceed not you know not to do it because you haven't really had any plans right right follow this guy's uh lead um you know what he did was he ch- uh he chose some things that were going to be difficult for him but not unobtainable you know um i you know and and I don't necessarily say you know choose you know try to do his list because uh you know quite frankly uh you know there, there are things on his list that I would not be able to do at all ever, but uh what you do is you 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 build a list like this and uh that that will you know cause you or uh, force you to stretch a little bit right and, and to do things just a little beyond what you can do now and uh that will be difficult and you know to me, the things that have given me the greatest sense of, com- of accomplishment in my life were the things that I didn't know a hundred percent going in that I was going to be able to do it. It was right. you know, wow, this is going to be a challenge. Let's see, and uh, you know, then you know, Sherilyn said yes, and we got married. Right? So
0: <laughs> right, exactly, sure. You know, you, you that's a great example. Art. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Or uh, you know, law school or whatever. You know, you just you you uh, when you uh, go for it, you go you, you go for what. Is, you think it might be beyond your you know, what what you can get done and and uh, then you 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 have this feeling of oh yeah wow that was
0: you know um, that was
1: amazing you know that uh, uh, was able to do that and that's and that's because you you stretched yourself you went beyond what you you thought was you know what you could do and
0: yeah uh, and and so. you know what if the list you see here if max Deutsch's list seems overwhelming obviously you, you want to make your own anyway but start right. smaller. Take something that just seems a little challenging. That seems like it would be a li- that you weren't going to do otherwise, and it seems like it's a little harder or a little more out there than anything you've done. And and let that be the first one, right? Because well, I, you know, I have a relative that uh, uh, has suffered from agoraphobia. Okay, mm-hmm. and, yep. and so she she
1: built for herself a list, Phil, of things that she was going to do in the uh, in the course of 2016, you know, a year or so ago, and so. Um, and I mean, these were simple things like, uh, you know, that you and I would, you know, and that's that's, you know, we wouldn't think twice about, you know, crossing a, uh, you know, a, a large interstate bridge, and you know, uh, and going in, you know, going into a room with two or three hundred people, things like that.
0: Right, her, right. That was huge. Those were you know? huge, and absolutely. They would be. For and them, and, and be
1: when she accomplished those things, I mean, you, you talk about uh, opening up her world, right? I mean, she. It, you know, now is able to do things that you know she thought she never could do before. And so, so whatever you, however you build your list, make it so that it opens up your world. And uh, uh, that's how I encourage myself uh, and you, Phil, and our audience. Uh, let's Absolutely. Go. Well, you know, if you open your world,
0: that's that's a way, another way to transform your world. And that's kind of what we're all about here. And uh, right. we've been talking about it all 2017, and I guarantee you, that's what we're going to be talking about in 2018. Unless the world gets all transformed, you know, over the next few days. And then uh... <laughs> well, okay, like said, we'll, and we'll try to, we'll switch we'll try over our to, best to cover that, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll just become an all-Star Wars show or something like that. But I don't think so. I think I uh, I think I think we're going we're gonna to keep pure and see if we can even do – here's a little challenge for us. We'll see if we can do more than 130 shows, 134 shows in 2018. Let's see how many we can right. do. And, you know, one more show, honorary mention, that I think we really should throw out there. It wasn't on either of our lists. But uh, talk about the Sentient Enterprise with Oliver Ratzesberger. Our first ever sponsored podcast was kind of a milestone for us, and it's probably worth mentioning. That Uh, was a really fun show to do. Oliver was a great guest. It was an interesting topic. If you haven't listened to that one yet, it is our featured podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. But uh, looking forward to doing quite a few more of those in 2018. So um, lots of fun stuff to look forward to.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, Phil, thank you. that has been an awesome year. We've, uh, had it's a good been a great
0: time. year. Hey, uh, Stephen, Happy New Year to you and your family. And to thank you, you all listening, thanks for being with us in 2017. And we'll be back next year. And until next time, live to see it.